0: Welcome into to another episode of Patrick Jones Baseball, where we find the best tools to build the best players. On this episode, we have Aaron Smith. Aaron is currently the associate head coach, recruiting coordinator, and hitting coach at Belmont University. Aaron is someone who I was able to connect with online on Twitter and, um, you know, our conversation Ranges from talking about player development and their their hitting and using utilizing technology and TrackMan to a practice design and how to get hitters ready to face a Friday night arm two strike approach. You know, kind of their their own philosophy that they teach to their hitters at Belmont. Really enjoyed this conversation with Aaron, and he really opens up the door and and lets everyone in on, on how they go about player development what they're preaching to their guys what pieces of technology that they that they're using on a, on a daily basis to help their hitters develop and and get better so appreciate Aaron for for sharing so much information and and, and really getting an inside look on on what it 's like to uh, to be a baseball player at Belmont, which is pretty cool stuff. Um, if anyone has any questions or um, is interested in working with me this off season in Cincinnati, Ohio, at my own uh, cage at my house please uh, shoot me an email Jones baseball training at gmail.com. I'm starting to put together my schedule for the offseason so if you're interested in coming whether it's you know from out of town or around the area just send me an email and I'll get you on the schedule Jones training at gmail.com. ladies and gentlemen here is my episode with Aaron Smith <laughs> All right, we now welcome on Aaron Smith, who is the associate head coach and recruiting coordinator at Belmont University. Aaron, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Thanks, Patrick. Thanks for having me.
0: So it's it's now September. Uh, the kids are back in school. I know you guys are starting to do some you know individual instructional stuff. What, what's your favorite part about fall ball? I know you've been doing this for several years now. What's your favorite part of fall ball?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, i obviously enjoy a lot of it. Uh, but definitely getting the guys back in allowing them to to kind of get back into the swing of things that routine i really i'm i'm routine oriented and i know our guys they seem to be able to 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 kind of gravitate towards that get moving and uh you know just get, kind of get back into things and that's kind of what we're in right now where mondays wednesdays and fridays we've uh, we've got our offensive stuff that we've got going on on the field and it's good to be able to get those swings going again there's not a whole lot of uh, mechanical talk or any of that kind of stuff it is just really like hey i want to see some of these guys move um you know how they're how they're feeling those kind of things it's not a whole lot of uh, coaching them up necessarily right now and then on tuesdays and thursdays like i was telling you earlier in the morning uh we're rolling through some defensive work and uh trying to get that kind of stuff going and and, and basically kind of going about the belmont way uh but that's that's probably my best part about it and just getting the uh you know, I love to teach, you know, as far as that goes and, and just getting a chance to see the guys and just the interactions with them. I think that's a, that's, that's been great so far.
0: You said, you know, right now you don't want to coach them up too much. Just kind of let them get, get their feet wet, get some swings in. When, when would a time be where uh, you start really working with them and coach them up? If you do see something that's, that's off.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even after four to five days, there are things that you're just like, oh man, that's probably not going to fly. Yeah. Uh, I definitely think right now, uh, if you were trying to go in there and tinker with a lot of things, there's going to be maybe not necessarily outwardly not wanting to do it, but inwardly, I believe uh, that you're going to get a lot of those guys that be like, how, oh, you know, I'm just not feeling that yet. Or, uh, you know, I want to see them fail a little bit before I actually kind of get under the hood with those guys. I know the, kind of the quote that I've heard lately, which I thought was really good. I mean, it was talking about like the the, the teacher is there when the student is ready. Mm-hmm. And and I really believe that. I think if you start trying to go in there under the hood and start changing a lot of things right now, I think it's uh, without prolonged failure with some of those guys, uh, I think it kind of, you know, blow up in your face a little bit. But with that being said, I mean, we're in individual work right now. We're getting four hours a week with those guys. So that's not really a lot uh, as far as skill work goes. And you're trying to divvy that time up throughout the week. Uh, I would say once we start getting to, you know, your traditional practices that those six weeks that we will start uh, probably late September, um, I want to see what happens when we get into inter-squads and, and how how they produce. Uh, there are some things I think that you would agree with me, Patrick. I mean, you, you might watch them and you're like, I just don't think it's going to fly and, and they produce, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's like, you know what? Sometimes it's best just to leave that guy alone. And, uh, you know, I want to see what they do in a game. And and then after the fall, and in, I should say in the middle of the fall, see how things are, are going. And then it turns into one of those, hey, man, this is what we're seeing based on our track man data to our blast sensors that we use, uh, all that kind of stuff. And just what I see with my eyes. Um, hey, why don't we try this? Uh, this is something that I think might be able to help you and uh, and just kind of go from there. Let the conversation unfold that way. And and let them know that they're a big part in that. Uh, it's not me just talking at them.
0: How long have you guys had a uh, TrackMan?
1: Yeah, so this is our third year, I believe, with uh, TrackMan, and uh, we're we're pretty fortunate. I know we're a mid-major program, but I tell you, we've got a lot of ways to be able to develop our players. Uh, but I'd say here, the last three years, we've had it on our field, and this year, we're uh, with us opening the new indoor. We're actually going to have a portable unit downstairs as well. Uh, so wow. pretty excited about that kind of stuff and just being able to utilize that. I'll be honest, uh, I'll be 40 years old here in a couple of, uh, couple of months. And it, it's been a, there's a, there's a learning process to that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, being able to like, Hey, how are we going to use it? You know, that's, that's been a big part. And then just moving forward to, okay, now I got a little bit of a feel for it. How are we going to be able to implement it? How can I teach it to them? What do I need to tell them? And then what do they not really need to know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, just trying to create that environment for those guys. Uh, you know, that's my, my biggest thing is trying to create an environment that you're going to be able to get what you want out of them without having to to talk at them so much.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point you brought up. Where it's just like, you know, how are we going to use this that's going to benefit everyone and not just say we have it and, and put it out there just to say, you know, hey, we have this piece of technology and this and that. Yeah, you know, that doesn't that doesn't do much. But I. I you know, I definitely applaud you for your humility on on, you know, just the technology. It's, it's never ending. I mean, you're, you're, right. there's always something to learn. There's always something to know. So, um, yeah, I, that's um, that's definitely definitely a good point. It's not you can't just have pieces of technology. you got to have a plan and be able to implement them. Now, do you plan on or have you used them in game with players, like uh, with an iPad or a laptop or anything like that? Is that allowed? As
1: far as in game, no. But what we have, uh, what we have been able to use is basically take the swings that they've had in game, and I'll give you a, a real good example of how it's how it's worked for us so far. Uh, we have one of our guys uh, that you look at his uh, uh, pitches that are coming into him, and you're, and you're noticing that, like, man, hey, he's really attacking balls that are that are below the strike zone. Uh, a guy that's been pretty good as far as balls that are down in the zone, uh, but balls that are about thigh to belt, he has taken a lot of those pitches, and I'm talking about you know breaking balls that are hanging and uh, and fastballs that he should probably really be getting after. And it was like, hey, you know, Jackson, this is what we're seeing: these balls that you're that you're attacking that are below the strike zone, a are balls, but also uh, you're not doing a whole lot of damage with them. And it's like, hey, what we've got to do is to be able to set your sights a little bit higher, and being able to just show him, hey, this is where the 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 spray of the balls that you're attacking are. Here's where we're here's where uh, where we're at, and hey, man, you're also struggling with breaking balls that are down in the dirt, Um, and and we've got to be able to raise those sights a little bit, you know. And for him to be able to see it, that visual, I thought was was very telling for him. Instead of me just saying, hey, this is this is it, it's 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 very. apparent you know as far as for that for him and it's not just an opinion and I think that's been the best thing for him and uh not that they don't necessarily agree but if I could show him something that's a fact you know not just an opinion I think it's uh that's been a big help for him like hey I need to take these pitches uh that are down in the zone I'm not doing a whole lot with them anyway and uh and set my sights a little bit higher
0: yeah one of the mistakes that I that um I think I've made is assuming that players know something. And, um, you know, I think you just saying that right there kind of made me, made me, just think of that a little bit where it's like, you know, of course he knows he's swinging at stuff in the dirt and he needs to raise his sights a little bit. And well, actually, I, you know, I don't know what the interaction was like when you showed him that, but maybe, you know, that was like a light bulb moment for him when you showed him that information, those images. And, and so I think, you know, that's something that I know the mistake that I've made. And um, I, I know I'm, I've worked on that is like, hey, I never assume that they know anything, and uh, you know, just give them the information. Continue to to work with them. Continue to you know show them different images or visuals or whatnot, and you know that light bulb moment could come on at at any point in time. I think that's that's what's exciting too about player development and hitting is you just you never know what's gonna click for them. Right. It could be a, a such a simple thing you say or show them or whatever it is. Um, how, how do you use blast motion? I know that's something that some programs have, some don't one, what's, what's been your takeaway from that? And I guess how long have you been using that too?
1: Yeah. So this is our third year as well with that. Um, I would tell you at first you you said something that I thought was really good. You know, we have all this technology, we have all these things that we're using and you can't just, yes, it's for recruiting purposes. But at the same time, it's like, how are you going to utilize it? Mm -hmm. And and, and then I know that's what you're asking now. But that was one of the things when we first got it, it was, yes, we want to talk about how we're using the recruiting process, but also how are we developing players with it? And um, and and that's something that we started here with with those guys with the sensor. I love it. You know, it's it's obviously what is happening before contact. Trackman is telling us what is happening after contact. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I mean, it's simple as that. Right away, that's what we talk about because you'll get guys that are confused on that. Well, why do we need both of these things? You know. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you have to even start like that. You think that they know those kind of things at the beginning, but they but they don't. Uh, but no, I mean, I would tell you that a big part and not everybody, I don't want to group everybody together, but, uh, the plane connection and rotation obviously are, are very important to us. Um, my biggest thing that I, t- I take away from blast is, uh, can I get guys to get on plane and be on plane as long as they can? Um, I think blast helps us with that. It's a lot better than just the naked eye. Um, if I can get a guy as far as being, uh, connected early, I definitely believe that my bat path will be on plane as long you know as long as I can get it there. Uh, when we have guys that are struggling, we've noticed that early connection numbers are are off, and therefore my bat path is is not on plane as long as it should be. So I, that's one of the first things that I will look at is, hey, can I get a guy connected early? You know, within ninety degrees, and everybody's going to be a little bit different, uh, but that's what I'm using first. And then it is kind of funny there is a correlation with if they can get into that range, then it's like, man, my bat's on zone, on plane for is for a lot longer period of time than it was before. Uh, that's, that's one of the ways that we will use it. Uh, the other one I, I really like to see are the rotational numbers. I know the sequence of the swing is happening properly. I look at my guys, I don't even talk to them about it a whole lot at first, because I just want to see them swing and how they move. But our guys that, that swing with, uh, with intent that have some juice that square up a lot of balls, a lot of times the rotational numbers are pretty good, and I haven't even done anything with them yet. Uh, but that is something that I look at. If the rotation numbers are off, then then I know I've got an issue there that I can start with as well. So,
0: do they are they responsible for putting it on their their bat, and then you get all the data? Like how does that work? Because it. At the professional level, you know, we have so many more people that are able to help and and do the college level. I mean, you guys only have so many coaches and staff members. So, I mean, and you only have so much time. And it, I mean, it's, right. it's honestly, I don't think the average coach out there who hasn't coached college baseball like, realizes like how limited on, on time <laughs> you guys are. I mean, you're wearing a lot of hats.
1: I tell you what, uh, it, it seems like every year there's there's things just like you were talking about earlier about the technology piece that you're like, oh, wow, it never ends. Like, oh, man, this is something I learned. And, and, and then that's going to take time to look at. And you're always adding things, it seems like, and you're not ever taking things away. Um, and, and that is a hard part. We do have. um Uh, A couple of our managers that help with that process. I mean, just making sure that things are charged. I do leave it up to the player. It is their responsibility. Everybody on our team has one. uh, But just making sure that those things are charged and ready to go. I really like, especially when we're more in an individual setting, is for them to actually carry their phone with them in their pocket. I know this is going to sound kind of strange, but uh, I want the thing on. And if, if, for example, we had a guy a couple of years ago where that was coming in really steep into the zone and it was like, hey man, I want the attack angle to be somewhere between five and 15 degrees, okay? And every swing he was taking, he could hear it. You know, that's what he could, mm-hmm. it, it was reinforcing uh, those swings. And I mean, you've got, you know, it's like you've got Siri that's going in and out with everybody that's swinging the bat, but them having that with them, they could hear it. And not only that, but then all of a sudden there was that instant feedback, that feel that they were getting. And, and I thought that was, that was very telling uh, for some of our guys that it, it could be something that they can make that slight adjustment right then versus me pulling up blast and saying, Hey man, today it looked like the attacking was at 18 to 19 degrees and we were a little steep. And especially in this guy's case, he wasn't dro- going to be driving many balls out of the park and it was like, hey, we've got to be able to flatten that path out a little bit, um, and him being able to make that adjustment right away, I thought was, or I should say, right, it, it was quicker, you know, for him to be able to do that. Um, I thought that was a big help for him.
0: Yeah, I think continuing the the training environment and continuing with you know the rhythm of practice and not having to stop practice and to yeah. go over stuff. I think that's. Um, You know, really, really important. That instant feedback—that's pretty cool how you, how you, um, you guys are using that. Because I mean, you know, that way he's able to. It's more so like he is able to figure it out in a sense himself through the the feedback of you know that the um, his phone telling him you know what the attack angle is and is able to try different things out and see if they work and then get the instant feedback in that moment what about incoming recruits? Have you noticed like more incoming recruits are more well-versed in this type of technology, or is it something that is still needs, like has to be an onboarding process?
1: Yeah, I think it, I think uh, the latter for sure. I don't get a whole lot of guys yet that, that understand that some guys I will um, have, have done that, or uh, maybe Soto for hitters. I have okay. seen that uh, something that they have used um, you know, in the past as much with the blast sensor. I, I, I'm a believer in this, Patrick. I don't think there's a whole lot of people. Yeah, they might use it, but they're not able to communicate it or teach it very well. And to get kind of back to what you were saying about our guy with the attack angle I thought was really good was, you know, he could actually make small, subtle adjustments within BP. But, you know, as well as I do, I mean, our guys better be their best hitting coach. Yeah. They have to be their best hitting coach. It's not up to me, you know. Um, the analogy I used, I guess, earlier with my guys, it was like we're the we're the guidelines that are moving our guys down the down the hall or or actually the highway. It's like I don't want to be the guy that's you know preparing the road, putting the gravel on it, paving it, putting the lines down. You know, it was yeah. hey man, I'm just the guide rails, you know, to keep you going that way. And and but they have to be the ones that that take ownership into that kind of stuff. But anyway, to get back to your point on that, I mean, you know, the I don't have a whole lot of guys yet that are well versed in it. And maybe that's a good thing. You know, they don't have, uh, you know, outward things maybe that aren't important. I can kind of make sure that they're hey, this is these are the things that we feel are important. This is the things that we've seen are successful. Um, I want you to focus on these. And so maybe that's been a good thing for us.
0: You think it's a good thing that during the game as the hitting coach, you're coaching third base, so you're not – they're not like having – they can't overanalyze a lot of things. They, they can't – they don't have anyone to – they don't have the hitting coach to go up to to ask them, you know, what that last swing was like or to, you know, paralysis by analysis, that type of a thing. Do you think that helps you coaching third base?
1: It does, and 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 I would tell you, like the the things that I do out on the field from third base. If there's things that I see, a lot of it is uh, how are we attacking the pitcher. You know, we we'll, we have synergy as well, and you know we'll go over those scouting reports prior to the game on who we've got on the mound, and it's like what we talked about before the game. Are you implementing that? You know, if we have a guy that's uh, you know really good fastball command. Uh, but the breaking ball is, it's a good pitch, but he's not able to land it. Hey man, like, are we attacking the fastball that's in the zone in your zone and taking the breaking ball to see if he proves that he can throw it? Or are we just kind of going up there and just trying to, you know, just see it and hit it kind of guy. And those are the things that I'm noticing are the swing decisions, the right ones, you know, um, and, and we'll talk about those things throughout the game, especially after the innings over. Uh, I did this last year with the guys. It was that particular scenario where it was, hey, you're." we just went up there and we just swung on an no breaking ball down and away. And it was like, don't you remember what we talked about prior to the game? You know, we need to be able to implement this stuff.
0: Yeah, it, continuing to emphasize uh, the message you want, it. that's another thing that you know, it's like a daily thing. It's like every single day. It's sometimes, you know, you have to just continue to emphasize, you know, the message that you want. Um, going back to just not assuming that players will just remember it because you said it one yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you you have, um, you know, like some programs, you know, they're especially within the, you know, the, how everyone's wants a higher OPS and exit velocity and things like that. I mean, are you preaching to these guys like, swing for the fences or is it situational hitting like is there a a, is there a philosophy or do you just kind of let them be like how do how do you go about talking to them or or, and preaching to them as a team of what you want
1: right first thing I would always tell all of our guys uh and and everybody is a little bit different depending on who you are as a hitter uh but my biggest thing is hey man let's square it up let's square it up let's hit the ball hard because guys that that are squaring up more balls are going to have more success. That's the first thing. And then we can fine tune some of those guys like, hey, some of our bombers, you know, that it's, hey, you don't run as well. We do need to get the ball in the air more. Um, and you're doing more damage by doing that than you are putting the ball on the ground and vice versa. I've got some guys that they're not going to be able to uh, waylay and hit the balls out of the park at will. And it's like, hey, you know, we've got to be more line drive oriented, and this is what's going to make you successful as a hitter and being able to fine tune each and every one of those guys to what they do well, uh, because you got, you got all, all, you know, sorts and, and, and types of guys and it's good to be able to do that. And, uh, um, and I love having an offense like that. I want, I want an offense that's multidimensional. I want you to, I want to be able to beat you in, in so many different ways. Uh, whether it's you know being able to bang it around the yard to being able to handle the bat, uh, a short game, whatever is on the basis. Uh, we're teaching all of our guys that multi-dimensional thing. And then now it's hey, this is what this guy does well. This is what this guy does well. Here's the situation that this is going to apply to.
0: I'm also I'm also thinking too when players come in. this is might be this is pretty cool at the college level. Is some of these guys you don't know how much they've been lifting or working out. As a freshman, they may be one of those guys who, you know, just trying to put the ball in play type of kid, and they get bigger, stronger, and by maybe by the time they're a junior or senior, they can drive a little bit and, and, you know, sneak some balls out of the park, too. I don't know how well the ball flies there, but I think that is pretty cool about the college level is you can, you see that progression year after year because you had the same guys. That's right. right. I mean, professional baseball, and I mean, we've had 40 or 50 or 60 different position players just this year on, on the team that I'm on, maybe not quite that many, but um, it, we've had like three different waves of, uh, of players come through. And so you see that the, all these different types of players and talents and skill levels, and it's really cool, but it's also cool from your perspective, to be able to see the growth from the same kids, you know, year after year after year. Are there any um, things that stand out when you look back at your career and coaching career at Belmont of players who like had a lot of success, did they have any, any particular traits? Um, maybe not even necessarily like skill level. Like I know, of course, I'm sure they were good, good players and you had skills, but were there any just traits and, and things like things like off the field that they would do, or maybe at least from a leadership standpoint that, that you noticed what, from, from the better players?
1: Yeah, two two things come to my mind right away. The first thing is is and a quote I tie around that with our guys, is the the hitters that hit the most hit the most. And and I, and I agree with that. Our guys that have had the most success, you look back on, you're like, well, that guy takes a lot of time over here on his craft of getting it better. He really does. Um, and he's taking more swings or he's looking at more video or, or whatever it is. He's just putting in more time than anybody else. OK, that's the first thing. The second thing that I see is when there is some failure from that particular guy that he's able to compartmentalize it better. It's, man, this was a tough day today, but guess what? I'll be back tomorrow, and I'm going to stay with my routine that has gotten me here that is going to lead me back to success, and you'll deviate from that every once in a while if you do find yourself into a prolonged funk, but that's the thing that I've noticed. Uh, We've got one of our former players, Matt Beatty, who's who's, uh, with the Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, was so good at that. I mean, he had an innate ability. I could have he he was one of those ones that uh, if he took two weeks off, which he never would have, but if I started throwing to him, he just found barrels. You know, he just had that innate ability to find the good part of the bat. And I could have put the machine out there at ninety five; he would have done it. Uh, but that was the thing that I noticed with Matt and some of our other guys that are scrap, You know, at scratching at uh, you know the AAA level into the big leagues, where it was, I'm going to be me every single day my mentality is going to be the same thing. I'm not going to get too high to where things are so great or so poorly that I can't perform. Um, I would say the mental part of it for them was, and and you see it today with with him, you know, he's, he's not an everyday player, but he's got that mental makeup to be able to perform, you know, when his number is called and, and he never gets too, too high or too low. Um, It's, it's been really, really fun to watch. And he's had that.
0: I'm I'm glad you brought brought those two points up. I, I'm excited. I want to want to kind of dig a little bit deeper into those. So, totally, hands down, agree with with what you said on on handling failure. And you know that's something that I've noticed too. Is you know not guys freaking out. They they accept it. They accept that failure is a part of the game. They don't. Yeah, it's gonna happen. Yeah, it's gonna happen. So, would you? I guess I my from if I was playing like devil's advocate the quote you said, like hitters who hit often, like hit often. One of the things that I've noticed is it's the really good players don't necessarily hit off. They hit often, but they don't hit a lot. And what I mean by that is when they get in there, they have a plan. They know what they're trying to do when they get in the cage. Once they've achieved that plan, they get out. They don't just hit just a hit. Is that something that – you've seen from those guys too where it's like yeah they do hit often yeah they don't hit a lot when they when they are in the cage if that makes sense yeah
1: and and I would say too um it's they got a plan and you said it too it's like hey once I have accomplished what I'm what I'm trying to do I'm good you know and and you're right it's uh what do I call it um it's not exercise bp yeah you know and it's like yeah I'm not just here to take you know uh Massive amount of reps, they need to be quality. But once I get to where I'm, I feel good and I've, and I've accomplished what I needed to, I'm done, you know. And, and, uh, and I think that's a big part for sure. Aaron,
0: you, you mentioned the machine, um, a little bit ago. Do you, do you guys use the machine pretty regularly? Like, how is, how is the setup for, for BP and, and earlier, yeah. that type of thing?
1: Yeah. Uh, huge believer in it. We've got, um uh, uh two hack attacks that we will use uh the big one we've even got some hack juniors that we will also use um i'm a huge machine guy they're all over the place whether it's for hitting or for defensive stuff i mean if you came out to one of our practices it's like we've got (laughs) like missiles being shot all over the place it seems like but uh no i do I, i think that's first and foremost that's the easiest way for us to replicate velocity or, or a shape of a really good slider or curveball, You you can't, you can't do it any other way. Um, It's, it's competitive because they are, they know that they're getting something as closely related to a pitcher that you can. Um, Today, for example, uh, we will do some, you know, some rounds that I think are important uh, for when we get started uh, parts of our scheme. And then at the very end, it's like, hey, here's the machine. We've got a left-handed angle today. It's going to be 86 to 88 left-handed uh, arm. We're going to put it up on the mound and uh, using TrackMan and our uh, Stalker radar guns that uh, show spin rate uh, today is an average spinning um 86 to 88, you know, mile per hour fastball. And we need to be able to hit it. We need to be able to attack it. And now we're going to use the proper tools in our, our toolbox to be able to do that. Um, I think it's, I think it's important for us, to, you know, every day to see it. And that's what we do, whether it's in individuals or even, even our uh, uh, traditional practices. Is that what's
0: is learning how to hit different shapes the biggest thing that you see from upperclassmen to incoming freshmen or freshmen just not being able to lay off or hit yes. breaking balls? Yeah,
1: yeah, that and it, for for young guys, it's I'm swinging at everything.
0: Mm-hmm. It,
1: it, that's what I see, um, and even off the machine, I, maybe not every guy, but for most of those guys, it's like, hey, it's machine; it should throw a strike. Yeah, You know, and so I think they're in swing mode constantly and we are also training that pick it up early and then, hey, it's got to be a good swing decision as well. I mean, I tell we've had some of our uh, Drew Ferguson comes to mind was a former walk on uh, that is uh, that just uh, finished up in AAA this past year uh, was, this you know, he came back and hit with our guys. And if he took a round of seven or eight off the machine, he might only swing at four of them. Mm-hmm. And be good with that, you know. It was like yeah. that's a ball, or that's not a ball. I handle very well, um, and that's what I see. That is different from an older player to a younger player. Older player is completely good with taking that pitch. Younger player, it's there's anxiety there. I, I had to swing at it, yeah. you know. It's close, you know, and 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 that's what I see. Where that that older player, it's like eh, not a big deal. Yeah. So what? Yeah, the, you the
0: pitches you you don't swing at are just as important as the oh. pitches you do swing at. Sure. And yeah, I don't, I, 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 so I resonate with what you're saying. Um, because it's, it's funny to see the different, the this different skill level players, you know, understand that and, and know that just because they don't swing doesn't mean that they didn't get their work in, you know, right. that's just as important being able to track balls, you know, like, Hey, this ball started here It had 10 inches of, you know, horizontal movement, Boom! It, that's a ball because it started middle and then it ended up away from me. Right. Versus just like, oh, I, you know, of course this thing's never throwing a, a strike to me, or it's always, you know, twenty five inches of vertical break, and I right. never get on top of it, type of a thing. So
1: yeah, yeah, and I think it's great. You got to reinforce that. Yeah. Hey, look at what this older guy did. You know, he took the breaking ball down and got a fastball middle end that he could get the barrel out on next pitch because he didn't punch out or or put a ball and play weekly. I think those are things you have to be able to reinforce because you know the game is. A lot of times our memories are there. It, it's like we're in the moment, we forgot what has just happened, and and for those guys to be able to see, hey, you know, and I'm writing that stuff down. Do you see? Did you see what happened? You know, in that in his at bat. How did he arrive in that spot? Mm-hmm. You know, not necessarily what happened on that particular pitch. How did he arrive there? Good or yes. bad. Yes. Yeah. It's,
0: you know, yeah. it, it's, uh, you know we, we always talk about, you know, the umpire rang us up on yeah. strike three, yeah. but like what happened strike one and strike two, you know, I mean, that's- probably one of those pitches you could have done something with, you know, yeah. and, and maybe he did dot every, you know, all three strikes. And at that point you just tip your cap to him, but that's right. we, Umpires aren't perfect. I mean, even you see that. You know, I'm sure you see this, Aaron, on Twitter too, where you got know, guys, umpires in the big leagues are missing calls at times. You know, outside the zone, so it's going to happen. I mean, we just yeah. you can't let our energy get to us um, when when they do make a bad bad third strike call. What do you guys have a a two strike philosophy or a two strike approach, or is it the same as normal?
1: Right. Yeah, we do. And and if you asked. Uh, anybody that plays us. And if you look at our numbers our on base percentage within our league is usually in the top three. Uh, It is a big part of us. I'm, I'm not a big punch out guy. Uh, I think, um, you know, I heard this the other day. I thought it was really good. And I told our guys this too. Um, Sorry, it's going to be a little long winded here, but
0: it's
1: like um, strikeouts, you know, you know, I've heard a lot of analytics. It's, Oh, what's just another out. Well, Yes, but there, there are some emotional attachments to the punch out. So if, if I'm the hitter and, I, you know, I punch out and I'm headed to the dugout, yeah, more than likely I'm pissed, you know, or one way or the other. Um, possibly that could resonate later on in my bat. Um, or somebody in our dugout sees the strikeout, and be like, hey, that guy's got really good stuff today you know, and, and mentally it does, it does uh, affect us. You know, it's not like we're, we're not robots when it comes to that kind of stuff where where then possibly the strikeout doesn't really matter. It's just another out. Uh, But yeah, getting back to, to, you know, our two strike philosophy and our approach. I mean, every one of our guys and and this, I got this from our head coach, Dave Jarvis. Uh, I thought this was phenomenal. This was something that I, I hadn't, Implemented before I got here, I was a younger coach and uh, had not implemented this. And when I saw it happen in action, I was like, "Wow, I've I've missed the boat up to this point." And and it's not in it, and, and it's not really anything earth shattering or or anything like that. It's everybody on our team. I don't care if you're, you know, the leadoff hitter to the four hole guy or whatnot. I mean, everybody they're they're choking up on the bat, they're shortening their stroke up. Um, Approach wise, it is on time for the fastballs to the middle of the field. And we believe that if the guy flips in the breaking ball or the hanging changeup, that we're able to keep those pitches fair. And we're going to get a lot of those uh, with two strikes. I mean, our numbers tell us that, that the guy's trying to put you away with that off speed pitch a lot of times. And we want to make that guy pay for it. If I'm still sitting dead red or, uh, all fastballs maybe to my pull side and that breaking ball or changeup comes in there, I'm going to have a lot of trouble with it. I can't foul that ball off. I'll, there's a lot of swings and misses. Um, we're going back to the dugout and we did not pressure that guy one bit. Um, and I think it's, it's very, you know, looking based at our numbers, I think we've had a lot of success with that.
0: Do you guys practice uh, choking up and changing the stance a little bit too? Because I'd imagine that's you know, to just do it with two strikes, if you're not practicing it, that's got to be pretty difficult.
1: Yeah. So the numbers, the numbers bear it out that I think Jerry Weinstein, I thought, man, what an intelligent guy. I've uh, been in it forever. Thought it was really good. I heard him say that over 50% of your at-bats are going to result in two strikes. So you better practice it. We're practicing it almost 50% of the time. I mean, we mm-hmm. really are during our BP stuff. I mean, every day there are two strike rounds. At first, it's just, hey, making sure that we're on time for the fastball to the middle, you know, middle, middle of the plate or middle minded. Um, And then it turns into, hey, man, I'm trying to get you out. You know, I'm I'm going to be mixing it up. Can you stay solid with your approach? And I'm telling my guys, too, that during those rounds, sometimes they're not pretty, you know, two strike hitting is not pretty sometimes. And Maybe I'm fouling pitches off. And I know during BP we 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 love to see that ball fly, but that's a win. We have survived another pitch. And and telling our guys that and then believing it, maybe I get 10 to 15 more pitches out of the starter just by solely, you know, spoiling some pitches. That guy's out of the ball game earlier.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, those are the things that that we're telling our guys that hey, this is a win for us. And then not only that, we need to put that ball in play with two strikes. And really pressure that, pressure that defense as well, because we're going to get good things out of it.
0: So in professional baseball, uh, if you get the starter out early, they're just bringing someone else nasty that's into the game now. But my, my question is, though, is in college, is that the case, too?
1: Not as much, not um, as much. Okay. So it yeah, does
0: make more sense to make the picture exactly work. Right. And, okay. And yeah. Okay. And
1: I would probably, if I was at, at your guys level, it would be different. You know, yeah. I'm still trying to get that a swing off more often with two strikes with us. It is a little bit because, uh, let's call it what it is. You got 11.7 scholarships. That guy that's a middle reliever is probably on 25% or nothing, you know, and it's like, Hey, we can get after that guy. Um, now, is there a guy at the very back end of the game? That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're still seeing that guy, but if we can get to that, that middle inning guy, that's, that's where it's at a lot of times. Um, and, and I think that's why we've had a lot of success with that and, um, you know, being able to get to that starter, get to the bullpen. I mean, I don't think we're any different in college baseball than than anybody else when it comes to that.
0: Yeah. That's a very, very good point that I don't think a lot of people maybe think about in professional baseball, about college baseball is, is, you know, is like what we were just talking about, how you get to the bullpen in professional baseball, you may be seeing a guy nastier than the starter versus in college. (laughs) Right. You mentioned, and that's a great point about the scholarships. I mean, if they get, if they give a guy 60% or I don't know exactly how it works, but probably not coming in the fifth or sixth inning, you know, he's probably starting. So that's, that's, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, very interesting.
1: You know, I I heard this, it kind of goes into what you're saying too. I mean, when we're training, you know, with our guys, whether it's us throwing BP to them or off the machines or, you know, I want our guys to be able to beat the Friday guy. So our machine work, all of our stuff is geared to beat that guy. It's not the feel good. Hey, let me flip it in there at 54 miles an hour and and do front flips and tees and things like that. We're going to do that stuff, but that's not how we're going to beat that Friday guy when it's when it's all said and done. And if we can beat that Friday guy or knock him out, we got a great shot the rest of the weekend. And 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 we're training at that level.
0: Do you think that? Do you feel that most of the players level up pretty quickly when it comes to the challenging things, or is it some do, some shy away from it?
1: Yeah, there, there, there are, uh, you find that you find that compete and guys, there are some guys that it's like, heck yeah, this is the Friday guy. We're going to find a way to beat him, you know, and it could be different, you know, every, I'm not, I'm not bringing the same tool, you know, on, on this day that I might for the next to beat this particular pitcher. And, and, and there are some guys that what I've noticed when they were the, they had a lot of feel-good BP. Uh, I'm not saying that that we don't do that because I think some guys, you know, need to have that, like the basketball term, but, man, they need to see it go through the basket, you know, or they need to see it go over the fence. Um, those guys that have had a lot of the feel-good BP when they are getting humbled, you know, or it is difficult, uh, it's tougher for that guy to flip that switch, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of getting back to our, uh, our pro guys or guys that have had a lot of success, it's tougher for that guy to – Hey man, you know, I had a bat at bat right there. Let me flip the script. And now it's time for me to think about my next one or focus on the next one. And how, how can I, what's the plan to be able to attack? You know, it it turns more into, I'm thinking past like, oh man, you know, this guy diced me up last time and man, you know, I can't get past that kind of stuff. And you'll see that. And that's a, that's a maturity factor. And that's a, that's a compete factor.
0: Yeah, it, it is a compete factor. It's, our manager, my, the manager that um, I'm under right now, um, Dave Anderson, he played 10 years in the big leagues, you know, been around a long time professional baseball because we do machine stuff too and challenge the guys. And because my army isn't that good. And so, <laughs> so he was saying, he's like, you know, it's crazy because back when I played, you know, if you did machine, I mean, it was like, nobody would have done machine. And now players, MLB players all over the place are, they want machine. They want yeah. it now more than ever at times for, cert- for certain guys. So it's interesting yeah. to see how everything evolves. And, the, I mean, it's cool to see at the college level you guys are doing that too and, and challenging players.
1: You know, like, I don't know. I was telling our head coach about this. When I played in junior college, uh, see, I was in from 2000 to 2003. We were a really good program, and we used machines at that time and turned ourselves into a pretty good hitting program. And then for some reason we got away from it, you know, Mm. and it was like, why did we do that? Yeah. And so then it was, then it was coming back in and a lot of our guys same way at first, a little bit hesitant. Like, I mean, there's a lot of failure there, you know? And, and then it turned into actually like hitting off the machine more than I do, you know, somebody throwing. And, and I know this, the, the feeling like, I was 40 years old. I've had two arm surgeries. Wow. And I used to throw to the I used to throw to the the Triple A team, you know, here as well where I would do skill work here in the morning or afternoon and then go ahead over there and throw to them that night before their game. And it's like, man, I, I don't have as many bullets anymore, you know, <laughs> and uh, uh but at the same time our guys it was like, hey, here's the Friday guy. I'm going to beat that guy. And when I start having some success with that, I think they want to see more of it.
0: Two arm surgeries is that is that from throwing?
1: So yeah, yeah, I was actually an outfielder, and uh, two throwing surgeries in my shoulder. Um, you know, I was an outfielder. I know a lot of people ask me, like, Where "Are you a pitcher?" and and it all came from from outfield. And and I'll be honest, there just wasn't at that time. Not that it was it doesn't seem that long ago, but um, there wasn't the band work necessarily uh, that that we were doing on a routine basis. Uh, there wasn't as much emphasis as arm care. It was every day you need to be prepared to throw and be a hundred percent and make all those throws. And I think it got to me, you know, and and weight training was, was something that was becoming a big factor and maybe we weren't training the right ways, you know, and, uh, after my first surgery, I'd rehabbed, uh, did all the things that I needed to do, um, to get back and, and got to about 60 to 70% and just couldn't get any better. Mm -hmm. Um, and then went in for another surgery and kind of the same things to make a long story short, just could not respond. And, um, you know, just, just wasn't able to do it. Like I, like I'd done that in the past. And, and so, yeah, even to this day, it's, it's gotten worse as far as that goes. Now that I'm getting a little bit older, that arthritis and things like that, that wouldn't surprise me if I had to go back in.
0: (laughs) Jeez. But I mean, you're, how do you throw every day?
1: Yeah, I throw every day as as much as I can, and it has definitely been tailored back. Uh, we're in a pretty good situation. We have a couple of uh, uh, managers that are able to throw a little bit. Our volunteer assistant, Nick Burdison, has been great for us. Um, he's able to throw. Former catcher. It seems like those guys have, are really good at being able to throw BP and and our head coach. I mean, our head coach is uh, in his sixties now and still gets out there and throws. Um, and uh, it's uh, it's been pretty good to be able to take a little bit of the load off of off of me for sure.
0: Yeah, it's BP is definitely, definitely um, a challenge at times. No question about it. It's a lot of throws. I don't think a lot of people who haven't done it before realize it's not easy. I mean, to do it for 15, 20, 30 minutes at a time. It's right. It it is difficult. There is, I guess, if you will, an an art to it.
1: There is. Yeah. And we get guys, you know, every year it's great. We'll have some uh, guys that had just graduated from maybe the school they had come from. Hey, coach, I'm going into grad school and really love to help the program out. And I'm a former player, whether it was high school or college or whatnot. And it's like one of the first things that I'm asking, hey, man, could you throw BP, you know, quality BP or fungos or things like that? Oh, yeah, coach, I could do that. You put them all, out there and it's it's all over the place. And it's like, coach, I didn't realize that was that hard. And uh, you're like, yeah, I mean, for for somebody, some people it is, you know, yeah. And uh, have a good BP guy is, is, uh, is nice to have for sure. Yeah, totally. Aaron, I, this has been a lot of fun, man.
0: It's, I mean, I'm so happy, you know, we got to connect and um, I, I got to get down to, to Belmont and Nashville and, and check you guys out. You guys, I mean, geez, you have everything imaginable assets you would want honestly in a program just from a player development standpoint with the track man and the blast and um you know not using synergy and it sounds like you know you're doing a really good job just developing players and getting them prepared and 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 I think that's really cool to see so I I commend you for that and I appreciate you coming on the show this has been a lot of fun
1: absolutely Patrick uh, I mean when you had reached out to me I was Like, heck yeah, it didn't take me long at all to say, man, I'd love to do this and and connect with you. And I love seeing the things that are on Twitter as well. And uh, man, I'd love to do it again sometime for sure.
0: Awesome. Thank you.